this morning, as we kind of continue to lament, I don't know if this necessarily will act as a typical sermon per se, uh, but I do want to share some thoughts that came to me as I kind of prayed about um, how to share this morning as it pertains to uh, the myriad of things that have been happening in our country over the past uh, few weeks. Um, that scripture that came to my mind as I prayed about um, where I could find an intelligible thought, um, what, what dropped on my spirit was uh, Matthew chapter 15, verses 1 through 9. It says, Then some Pharisees and teachers of the law came to Jesus from Jerusalem and asked, why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? They don't wash their hands before they eat. Jesus replied, And why do you break the command of God for the sake of your tradition? For God said, Honor your father and mother, and anyone who curses his mother and father must be put to death. But you say that if a man says to his father or mother, whatever help you might otherwise have received from me is a gift devoted to God, he is not to honor his father with it. Thus you nullify the word of God for the sake of your tradition. You hypocrites. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are but rules taught by men. Pray with me. Uh, gracious God, be with us in this moment. Dear Lord, I pray that we all sit here brokenhearted, hoping to hear from you, hoping to find directions and uh, ways that we can live into our call to be the church. Um, not just in name, Lord, but in deed. Uh, be with us. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Uh, the thing that came to me uh, this week was more than thoughts and prayers. More than thoughts and prayers. Imagine, as I'm sure many of you have done at some point in your life, particularly those of you who are older or if you are a teen with a cell phone, uh, uh, imagine calling your parent, uh, calling your spouse, calling your sibling and saying, hey, on your way home, can you stop at the store and grab me a Red Bull? I'll give you the money when you get back. Or, hey, honey, do you mind stopping at the store and grabbing a pot roast and uh, some potatoes? You know, we're going to have pot roast for dinner. Uh, uh, imagine sending your sibling uh, or dropping your sibling off at the store because they got their first job at the local grocery store and they're there bagging groceries only to find out hours later uh, that someone woke up that morning and with anger and hate in their heart decided to shoot up this particular store and to find out uh, that your sibling, that your spouse, uh, that your friend would not come home. Or do this for me. Imagine... It being a regular, typical day. Uh, the alarm goes off. You get up, you shower, you have your coffee. You go into your children's bedroom. You get them dressed as they complain about not wanting to go to school. 
as they make up a million reasons why they're sick or they're tired. Uh, You put them in the car with their book bag in tow and their show-and-tell toy that they're going to take to show their class today, and you go on about your day, uh, whether you were a stay-at-home parent or whether you were a professional, only to receive a call to let you know that something tragic had happened and your child wasn't coming home. is painful. Uh, or, 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 or better still, imagine it being a Sunday morning and you're celebrating because your church is having an anniversary and you decide to put on your Sunday best because you're going to take pictures and you're going to have cake, you're going to sing, and you're going to celebrate the work that God has done in your community only to find that someone with anger and hate in their heart decided to shoot up your church. Brothers and sisters, I wish that these were plots to uh, TV shows or to movies or to some theatrical play that was trying to uh, get across the point of senseless violence. But unfortunately, these are the things that have been happening in our country these past few weeks. Uh, That there are students that went to school that never made it home. There are teachers that went that never made it home. There were workers and family members that went to pick up groceries and never made it. People that went to worship and never made it home. And for me, brothers and sisters, as I watch the news and I read the articles, I find myself in pain because what we often do is respond by saying, hey, we offer our thoughts and prayers. We offer our thoughts and prayers. And and I know that for many of us, the sentiment is uh, sincere and it's meaningful But if I'm that parent, I don't want your thoughts or prayers. I want my kids. I wonder if this this concept of thought and prayers has over time become our way of distancing ourselves from the pain and the reality of the hatred and the sinfulness that's happening in the world around us. Because when we stop and pray, how often do we go back to business as usual? How often do we go back to our regular lives and then find ourselves victim of the next news cycle? As a matter of fact, I think I've learned more about Johnny Depp than Amber Heard over these past couple of weeks than I've actually heard about this senseless gun violence that's happening in our country and in our world. Uh, if you do a simple Google search, it'll tell you that this year alone, there's been over 200 mass shootings. 27 of them have happened at schools. And as we sit here today and we celebrate our graduates, as we celebrate our students, I am gripped by the reality that this congregation is filled with students and administrators and workers and 
parents and people who <laughs> grocery shop. And as a person who cares for you deeply, I sat in my room and said, what if this was us? Would we care more if this was us? Would the pain last longer if this was us? And I pray to God that we never feel anything remotely close to this. But as we say often, Lord, may our heart break for things that break yours. I can't help but to believe that right now God's heart is breaking. Do we feel that same pain? And so as I wondered why this text came to me, I started to ask myself, well, what, what are the things that are getting in the way of us being able to not only grieve properly, but to then have action come out of our thoughts and our prayers? Because if we look at the text, often when Jesus prayed, Jesus often prayed to get direction from God so that he would know what he should do. He was so intent on following his Father's will that him for him, prayer was the opportunity that he took to get direct direction from his father. And I think for some of us, brothers and sisters, when we pray, we're not necessarily asking for direction as much as we want comfort. And though comfort can be a byproduct of prayer, and though we should take our needs to God in prayer when we should, we should find relationship with him comforting, brothers and sisters, too many times or not, as, not enough are we praying and seeking God for action so that he can tell us what to do. And I think that now more than ever, that as we offer our thoughts and prayers, as we pray, we should be seeking God's divine action because we are living in a time where now more than ever, people need to see those who call themselves followers of Christ in tangible ways show up. In this text in particular, uh, it, 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 it's focusing on uh, the, the Jewish uh, ritual um, obsession with cleanliness. Jesus and his disciples have been doing ministry. They stop to eat. They don't wash their hands. And the Pharisees who are uh, so upset with Jesus and his ministry and the way that he is starting to make are ready to pounce on Jesus and his disciples and say, hey, why <coughs> do your disciples dishonor the tradition of the elders? Um, if you're not familiar with what the tradition of the elders were, uh, the tradition of the elders, um, in short, was essentially um, a set of laws and practices um, that stood outside uh, the laws that were given to uh, Moses uh, by God to ensure uh, that the uh, Jews would not break God's law. So if you so if this table represented God's law and let's just say the law for instance was wash your hands once before you eat the the leaders decided that in order to make sure no one would break that law the new law was oh you have to wash your hands 
17 times before you eat. Because if you wash your hands 17 times, then you definitely at least washed it once, and there was no way that you'd break the actual law. Uh, uh, But the problem was that over time, as these uh, traditions, as these suggestions got passed down, they began to... Was I out the camera view? I'm sorry for those people at home. Um, they, they began to get to a point where there, there were so many traditions and there were so many suggestions of the elders uh, that God's word was secondary. That what was actually being taught as law um, were just the ideas that, that the elders and the men had created to help them avoid breaking the law, but uh, by doing so, they actually found themselves breaking the law itself. That these traditions uh, that they've created, that these things that they've created, actually found themselves standing outside of the law. One of the things that we need to understand then, brothers and sisters, is that we need to be able to separate God's actual word and the things that he's called us to away from the things that we have just begun to do because we think that they are meaningful. Uh, 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 another example of this could be, um, I had somebody ask me once, uh, why do we only do communion on the first Sunday? Why do we do communion on the first Sunday? And per- excuse me, particularly because in this particular faith tradition that this person came from, they do it every time they gather. And the only response that I had was, well, just tradition. It's just what we do. Because in the scripture, it just says, as often as you do this, as often as you eat of this bread and drink of this cup, you do so in remembrance of me. There, there is no limit to how often we can or we should do it. Somewhere along the line, we decided that this was this thing that we would do. And now every first Sunday, we do it to the point where I've been in places, not Naperville Covenant Church, because we don't have those type of issues here, uh, but I've been in places where uh, if we decided to add an additional Sunday, it becomes an issue. Well, why? it's not the first Sunday. Why are we breaking the bread? The Bible says, as often as ye eat of this bread and drink of this cup. In many ways, brothers and sisters, I believe that if we sat down and took, take an inventory, we've allowed tradition to hinder our relationship with Jesus Christ to the point where the picture that we see of Jesus isn't clear. I wonder if we actually uh, really sat and said, well, how, how, how many of these things that we do are actually biblical? How many things that we would find in our worship practice that actually has nothing to do with Jesus Christ? Yet and still, if we we challenge those things, (coughs) it will cause an uproar. 
Jesus then says to them as he, as they challenge the disciples about something as simple as washing their hands, he says, and why do you break the command of God for the sake of your tradition? For God said, honor your father and your mother. He was talking particularly about the fact that in this time, if a person had said any particular thing uh, was for, for, for the use to honor God, it couldn't be used for anything else. So if I decided that all of my quote-unquote money was going to the temple, uh, then my money couldn't go anywhere else. And particularly, he brings up the example that God's word says to honor thy father and thy mother, but I've somehow decided, hey, I want to give my money to the church. Now my parents are in need. I'm sorry, Dad. I know that you're about to lose your house, but I've honoring God by giving the money to the church. And Jesus is calling these folks hypocrites. Because what's more important? My word tells you to honor your mother and your father. And so here's where I'm going with this, brothers and sisters, that if we actually take time to do an inventory, uh, I believe that there are many things in our lives that challenge our ability to focus on God. I even think about the fact that, and I may make people mad today, I'm sorry, but I think about the fact that we celebrate Memorial Day in the church. You know, on a typical Sunday, you know, Memorial Day is coming up and there'll be some video or something like that that we'll do. But I often ask myself, what does that really have to do with honoring Jesus? I look around every church in America, there's an American flag in the church. What does that have to do with Jesus Christ? But I guarantee you, if we pulled that flag out of the sanctuary, people would be upset. But have we ever sat and talked about just how many things in our lives distract us from Jesus Christ? The reason why I bring that up, brothers and sisters, is in the same way that the temple leaders, the Pharisees, struggled with keeping their focus on Jesus because there were so many traditions in their lives that pulled them away. Brothers and sisters, I think that we struggle with the same thing. We don't have to, we don't have to, loving our country and loving the Lord are not mutually exclusive, but if we get to a point where loving our country, we love our country more than we love God, there's a problem. There's a problem. If we think about, I hear all this conversation about gun rights and Second Amendments and all those things like that, and I'm not challenging the Constitution— but what I am saying, if Jesus, whose right it was to live, gave up his right to life so that we all could have an opportunity at life, what things can we sacrifice so that we don't have to worry as much about little kids going to school? Because don't your kids and my kids and your grandkids and great-grandkids have a right to go to school without worrying about getting shot. It, it, it's become normative for kids to have uh, a fire, uh, a shooting response drills in school. 
if that doesn't break your heart, you know, the scariest thing for me as an as a elementary kid was when we did the tornado drills and we had to run in a hallway and sit down and, and hide under the desk. That was scary. And now we're teaching kids to turn over desks and lock doors and they have to be able to decipher if the person at the door is actually a cop or the gunman. What is happening in our world right now? God's heart is breaking. Our hearts should be broken. And in the text, then Jesus simply says, Isaiah was right. Your hearts are far from me. In vain do they worship me. And I believe what Jesus was trying to get them to decide, it wasn't necessarily eternal damnation uh, because there's always salvation and redemption and restoration for us all. But there has to be a point where we wake up and say, hey, you know what? I've been putting this before my relationship with Jesus, and now was the time for it to stop. Is my heart drawn closer to Jesus drawn closer to God, or am I okay with saying, hey, I go to church, I offer my thoughts and prayers, I did my part, or do we wake up with such a burden for the lost, such a burden for the hurting, such a burden for those who are in pain, that we wonder every day when we wake up, what can we, what should we be doing to make the world be a better place, and it becomes a better place when it's conformed to Jesus Christ, when it's conformed to his love. Brothers and sisters, we can't, this can't just be business as usual. We can't be okay. We can't let the news cycle go on and go back to our regular programming. So the staff and I, we were talking about what we could do at least in the immediate, and there's different groups, and I didn't get an okay from this from the executive board, so I'm sorry for not asking beforehand, but I wanted to at least, um, at the end of service, just do a special offering, and when I say offering, this is above your typical tithe, uh, so that we can uh, begin to send at least um, some type of funds to these three particular things that we mentioned today. I've looked up there some reputable GoFundMes that we can contribute to. And I think between your gifts and some of the money that we have in benevolence that we can send something just to say, hey, this church on the other side of the country cares. But I also wanted to encourage us not to just send money, but if you have a little bit of time to maybe write a letter, to uh, write a card, to offer a prayer uh, to the employees at Tops grocery store, uh, to the employees at uh, 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 Rob Elementary School, uh, to the pastor um, and the leaders at the Irving Presbyterian Church, just to say, hey, I'm praying for you. We care. We're across the country. Hey, is there any way that we can join in with you? But brothers and sisters, as people that love Jesus, 
as people that are called according to his purpose, we have to dig deep and search in our hearts and begin to say, God, in a response to your call and to your love, what would you have us do? I believe that if we begin to challenge ourselves, to really ask ourselves and dig deep, that if we start responding, that maybe some folks who haven't had the opportunity to feel the love of Jesus Christ in tangible ways can feel it. Maybe, maybe that card, maybe that letter, maybe the, the, the few of us going and worshiping in that church in the summer, I, I don't even know yet, but I know that I want to offer, that we should offer more than our thoughts and prayers. Because I don't just want to roll over tonight and say, hey, we talked about it. What's next? Amen. Let's pray.